This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Sources podcast, presented by Blue Mark Energy, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the Sources Podcast, your Tuesday PowerCat podcast brought to you by GoPowerCat.com as we take you inside K-State sports by letting you hear from the people that know K-State sports the best. And the Sources Podcast is sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company or employer spend $4,000 or more a year on energy bills? Would you like to reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability? If so, it's time to speak with Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Here's what we got on tap for today. We're going to take you back to Starkville so you can hear from Chris Kleiman and Skylar Thompson. But we're going to start off with Chris Kleiman in Starkville, and then take you to Tuesday's press conference in Manhattan. Let's go back to Saturday following Kansas State's 31-24 victory over number 23 Mississippi State on the road. Uh, what a great uh, game and uh, what a great finish by our guys. I was so uh, proud and pleased with the effort our guys had. It wasn't perfect. Uh, we knew it wasn't going to be perfect. We were going to face a bunch of adversity, and that's what we talked about uh, all week long was, uh, you know, attack the adversity you face. Don't panic. Keep believing in each other. Um, rise up and make plays when you have the opportunity. And then in the fourth quarter, uh, we made some big plays, and obviously the kick return got us jump-started after we were struggling a little bit, and uh, then the defense had some great stops, and uh, an excellent drive capped off by a touchdown with Dalton, and, and uh, so pleased with uh, guys just never quit. It was hot out there, guys, and, and uh, we played a ton of bodies, and uh, we had guys cramping up, but um, uh, the guys uh, finished the game, and that was the one thing we talked about. We needed to finish, uh, and they did that. The guys were really excited about playing this game. Our D-line played exceptionally well, and so happy for those guys. A bunch of seniors up, up there, and, and we did this without Wyatt Hubert. And, and so, you know, the guys like Kyle Ball and, and Reggie and, and Massey, those guys played really, really well at end. And then all the D-tackles, you know, Jordan Mitty's a stud, and uh, he made plays, Deshaun made plays, everybody made plays. And we had to against a terrific running back because it was hard to just slow him down. We can't have what have happened on punt return, but it happened. And those kids are trying to make a play. Um, and A.J. Parker's trying to make a play. He, guy put his hat on the football. Made it, that's part of the game. That's football. They they fumbled one, and we got it right back and, and scored a touchdown as well. That's You want to try to minimize those things, but you can't let them destroy you. You know, if you have adversity and, and you tank, that it destroys you. Our guys better be galvanized when adversity strikes and say, okay, you know, we're, we're going to find a way to get a stop. So I was pleased with the guys. Nobody panicked on the sideline during any of those situations. How good was Skyler I thought he was. I thought he was really good. We didn't get enough possessions in the second half, partly by our own doing. Um, but uh, uh, he was fighting some cramping too, and uh, I thought he did a great job of of staying calm under a, a lot of pressure. Because I think we were running the football pretty successfully in the first half, and I think they in the second half decided, hey, we're going to find a way to bring pressure, and they did a good job. He kind of lives for those moments, and, and he's prepared for that moment. And we put him in those stressful situations at practice so that he can be calm in those moments with all the cowbells and stuff that we had at practice and the noise, and it didn't bother us and didn't affect him. We just, like I said, we didn't get enough possessions in the second half, I didn't think, but there were some things just listening to Mess and talking to Mess and, and to Colin that we liked. And one of them was the, was the bootleg because of us running so much to the tight end side that they were starting to creep up, starting to creep up that if we could run the bootleg, we thought Dalton could get in behind him just trying to get it called. And that was the thing that uh, we finally got a situation where we were able to call it. 
But Skyler played great that last that last drive for sure. Through three weeks, uh, a group of guys that believe in each other, a group of guys that love each other, a group of guys that uh, will go battle for each other, uh, and a group of guys that stick with each other when adversity strikes. You know, I, I said this to, to Wyatt up there. It, it's it's about the guys. It's about the, the, the entire program, the coaching staff. It's never going to be about me. Uh, I was just happy for our team, happy for our coaches. This was a team win, and, and I was so excited for all of us. Happy that they were able to go on the road and get a really tough victory. We knew that this was going to be a four-quarter affair. We knew this was going to be a difficult thing. And I, I'm a big believer in whatever we did last week has no bearing on the next week. Whatever we do this week, we're going to enjoy it. It's got a, no bearing on next week. Thank God we don't play so that we can get our chance to get some guys healthy. But it's not going to have any bearing on what our next game is at Oklahoma State. And it's 12 one-week seasons, guys. And uh, we've played three of them right now. And like I said to you guys last week, and we better not fall in love with ourselves. We've got a long ways to go. We got a lot of work to do, uh, but the guys believe, and the and the guys are, are are understanding our routine so much better. They know what to expect on a Monday practice. They know what to expect on a Thursday practice. They know what to expect at a pregame meal. Those are the things that we're trying to get going so that the guys feel comfortable to just cut it loose on Saturday and have a blast with their brothers. That ended with our D. Scott Fritchen asking about Skylar Thompson, Kansas State's quarterback. And now we speed ahead to Tuesday's press conference in the Veneer Complex. And once again, we'll let Fritch wind it up asking about Skylar. Well, good afternoon. Uh, looking back on Saturday, a number of things stuck out. Obviously, the first thing is we got a huge road win for our program and for the guys. And I thought that was an exceptional uh, exceptional win. However you get it, obviously it wasn't perfect. I thought we started the game really well and I thought we finished the game really well. Um, in between, obviously, uh, had some had some hiccups, had some issues. Uh, the great thing when you have success and win, I think sometimes it's easier to go back and, and challenge the guys and say, hey, we, we, we have to improve and we know we have to improve and get a lot better. I think offensively, a um, couple things stuck out that we need to improve upon would be perimeter blocking. And it's not just wide receivers, it's offensive linemen, tight ends, running backs, because we have to be able to get the edge and we've got to do a better job out there. And then obviously we weren't as good on third down as we'd been in the past. And I think part of that is we were in a lot more third and long situations. Uh, on defense, you know, our, our tackling still has to improve. I, I think Hill's a phenomenal running back and he, he made us you know, earn every hit, uh, but we we've have to continue to improve upon tackling. And then, you know, the sudden change aspect on defense, we talk a lot about that when a sudden change happens off a turnover or something, you have to be able to respond. And, you know, we didn't respond the first time when we fumbled a punt and they scored a touchdown. And then probably the disappointing one was we intercept a pass, they make a good play, strip, strip the ball and then they take it 79 yards after that to score. So we've got to get better on sudden change. And then uh, obviously in special teams, um, can't have a penalty, uh, which we had on a good return. And then we have to field punts. We just, we, something that uh, we talked about at length yesterday and, and Sunday and um, uh, something we have to do better job. And it's guys trying to make a play. I'm not making excuses for them. They're trying to make a play and, and uh, they got to understand the situation. and. Um, the number one thing we have to do after uh, on a punt return is get possession back for our offense. So uh, we'll clean those airs up. We have uh, this week that we're going to spend an awful lot of time uh, on ourselves and continue to improve upon some of the things that we're working on, as well as work a lot of younger guys into some, uh, not necessarily roles, but put them into some situations because they haven't gotten a chance to really play much uh, with the um, the conference or with the non-conference schedule we've had. This may be a silly question, but how do you keep this team hungry after a big win? Well, I think the things I just talked about that we're not clicking on all cylinders. I, I believe that uh, you know, we have to stay humble uh, and stay hungry, not be seduced by the success that we have had, that those guys see it, they watch film and say, boy, we, we really could play a lot better on this phase offensively or this phase defensively. And, uh, you know, I was frustrated because I, I think if we – field the punt, we maybe go in 13 nothing, 17 nothing, and maybe it's a different game, you know, and that was a huge momentum. And that's the other thing is, you know, just managing the ebbs and flows of games is something that uh, we've got to continue to improve upon. Given that the Big 12 is quite a bit different from the non-conference games you've faced so far, is there any one thing you'll emphasize in the next two weeks to get ready for that? 
Not any one thing. You know, we'll spend more time on Oklahoma State just because we have, you know, that's the next game in front of us and we have um, at least some film on those guys. And, you know, they haven't had the most competitive games uh, in the non-conference, but there's still some things we can work on. So, um, you know, that's probably where our focus will go after we work on ourselves. Is this a situation a little bit like the start of the season when you had a little extra time for Nichols to make sure your guys got off to a good, solid foundation start in the non-conference, and now you can replicate that in the conference? You can't replicate it totally simply because we didn't know anything, just like you guys didn't know prior to Nichols State of what you were going to see from Kansas State. So now that we do know a little bit about our team you know, through three games, Okay, here's the things we have to work on. Forget who we're playing. Here's the things we have to get better on, whether that's the perimeter blocking, tackling, a certain aspect of special teams, whatever it may be. We have to work on that part, but then absolutely push forward and say, okay, now let's, let's do some scouting. Let's do some scout work um, on our next opponent. How would you assess Skyler's body of work through the non-conference, and where can he get better? Um, I think his body of work is, has been exceptional uh, in the fact that he's done the number one thing we asked him to do, and that's take care of the football uh, and, and lead the team and put us in excellent situations. In the first half, I thought he did a great job. And the thing that I think he's getting so comfortable with is seeing a picture and changing a play. Um, because of the fact we're a huddle team and he's getting the call from, from Coach Mess, implements the call, comes to the line of scrimmage. If there's certain things that we don't like, he has the ability to change those plays. And he's doing a great job of seeing those pictures. Uh, and uh, that's the thing that I think he will continue to improve upon is just seeing more pictures, seeing more, more coverages, seeing more pressure looks within our structure of our offense. And that's something that it's probably a never-ending battle that you're always trying to improve upon, but that's what I, I know that uh, we would like him to continue to work on. Now let's go back to Saturday once again and speak with Skyler Thompson. Here was K-State's junior quarterback speaking right after Saturday's victory. I... I, I'm, I didn't lost, I'm a lost to the words. Um, walking out that, I mean, it was just amazing to, to be around some of the guys that, that I've been with through this, through this program um, that are in my grade, Denzel Goolsby and Trey Deshaun, Reggie Walker, that senior class, just, I, I was talking at the hotel last night and I was, my main message was like, I'm tired of people disrespecting us and not giving us the respect that you know we deserve, and but in saying that we have to go earn it. We've had three non-con games in Power Five conferences the past three years and lost, yeah. and have lost by a good margin. And I was, I was like, it's time to to put Kansas State back on the map. And I felt like this is, was a great opportunity for us. And I knew I had so much confidence going into this game that we could win. I believed our whole team believed. Um, Whenever we were down and we faced some adversity, had some turnovers on some special teams and just some things not go our way, nobody panicked. Nobody panicked. We rallied together. We came together as one, um, played for one another, and it didn't matter. We knew we were going to win. Like that's, That was our mindset, and it was led by Coach Kleiman. Um, he told us on Monday, we're going to go beat this team, and nobody's giving us a chance. Nobody's you know, talking about come from North Dakota State, have you guys ever coached on this type of level before? All this, like, that stuff is just white noise, you know, and we knew that we just got to, we needed to have a great week of practice and come out here and execute. And I feel like for the most part, we did today. Um, we were kind of there in the second half, not on the field very often. We had that three and out, and they had a long drive that went and scored. Um, but like I said, I'm just so proud of this team. I'm so proud of this team. It was so awesome to um, to get a win for these seniors. I knew how much it meet, meant to guys like Reggie Walker and um, Tyler Mitchell, guys that are from this area, having so much family in town. Um, and I was I was playing for those guys, playing for those guys. And oh man, I'm just I'm thankful. I'm so so thankful and blessed. It came a long way. I've came a long way. And. I know this, um, this This. is just the beginning. Um, I'm not satisfied. This team's not satisfied. We're hungry for more. We're going to rest up on this bye week um, and get better. And we're going to go into Big 12 play with a lot of confidence and um, just continue to play K-State football. I think we've established our our mojo of what we're, what, uh, you know, what, what we're going to, our identity and how we're going to run things. And 
um, we just got to stick to that. Stick to that and trust one another. I think the best thing about this football team is that there's no there's no selfish players on this team. Nobody nobody cares about the individual stuff. We just want to win, and um, and we've we've lacked that in, in ways the past couple of years. So I'm I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm blessed. Uh, this is one of the most fun games I've had. Um, and you know, after the the end of the Bowling Green game last last week on the in the fourth quarter, I I got in there with the O line and the running backs and was just like, man, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go in a dogfight with somebody. Like I'm I'm tired of beating teams like this and not playing a full game. I'm ready to go go fight and go battle with somebody. Um, so we were there in the fourth quarter. Um, we were down, um, and we had that kick return. Um, and I just got in the huddle and told those guys, like, this is this is what we've worked for. This is what you guys have worked for your whole life for opportunities like this. Um, this is the time where we go shine. This is time where it's, it all pays off. And I know that we've worked harder than the people across from us. I know that we've sacrificed more. We've 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 been through so much. Like it's it's time to go make all this worth it. And everybody just rallied together and told each other we loved each other. And we went and we went and fought for each other. And that's the one of the best moments I've had playing football my entire life. Um, you can just tell how much everybody loves each other and wants to, wants to go win for each other. Um, and it says a lot about our football team. And a few days later, here is what Skylar Thompson had to say to the media on Tuesday. Coach Klein, uh, before the game, every game, he always tells me that your best is always good enough. And I think that uh, that says it all. You know, it's just like, I'm going to go out there and do my very best um, and and express who I am, uh, the type of leader, type of person, and the passion that I have for football and for life in general. Um, and and just show my raw emotion and just have fun. <laughs> like it's just having it, it's so much fun. Even in the in, in the midst of the moment of versus Mississippi State when we were down, like there wasn't ever a doubt in my mind that we were gonna lose. If that you know makes any sense. Where in years past I with a game with having much you know special teams turnovers and we had some things not go our way. It felt like in years past we may have came found a way to just lose that game. You know. There's been so many games in the years past that I've came home and Denzel and JD and I, who I live with, have talked about, man, like we were better than that team, we should have won. And this was the first time that I've, we were came home from a road game and we're like, man, like we had things not go our way today. We faced so much adversity, but we found a way to win. And there was never any doubt, you know, with our coaching staff, play, people on the sideline, like we knew we were gonna win. And that's the expectation here at, at K-State. And what, um, you know, Coach Kleinman has instilled since today that he's gotten here. And uh, that's just very contagious. And when you're, uh, when you're, when you're out there playing for, for the person next to you and um, not playing for yourself, playing for your coaches, like, that makes it fun. And, you know, kind of just talking about, like, what I have in a couple of weeks, you know, checking a play and seeing me checking a play, you know, spring James for a touchdown you know like that stuff is like that makes it fun man because it's just pure execution across the board from our old line you know James seeing the hole and hitting it and going and scoring or a guy going and catch the ball making a great catch like Malik um, and shown and all our receivers have done and then Malik make that play on a kick return like that stuff is fun man like it, it I just love seeing my teammates uh, excel and see their you know I'm with them every day you know we've 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 grinded and had some hard, hard times in the summer together. And to see it pay off for those guys, is just that's what makes me happy. That's what makes it fun. And uh, I think that that's the definition of this football team is we're not, there's no selfish play. And people want to see everybody um, do well and excel. So uh, we just got to continue to keep, keep having that mindset as we go forward um, and just continue to focus on K-State football. Like there's a lot of, you know, white noise going on about us getting a national ranking and starting three and zero for the first time in a while and beating an SEC team on the road. Like there's a lot of stuff and which is is deserved. You know, we've deserved that, but at the same time, like we have to be able to to deal with that and know how to to channel that in the right way and just to, to continue to get better. Great stuff from Coach Kleiman and Skyler Thompson. And now let's get in a couple more quick interviews. The Go Powercat staff kind of teamed up here with defensive tackle Trey Deshaun. Oh, we're pumped. Uh, I think we have, you know, really good momentum um, and a good mindset going into big, big 12 play. Uh, 
after the first two opponents, you know, getting getting our hands on a, a good opponent in the SEC and performing well. You know, we, we still have some stuff to clean up, but we're, I think we're happy where we're sitting. You guys are top 20 in both scoring defense and total defense. you figure yourself to be maybe the best defense in the Big 12 this season? That's our goal. I mean, uh, we take it one, one week at a time, and I think that's what's making us great right now. But uh, at the end, I think you'll see us up there. Did you analyze your first three games of the season? How, how have you graded out in your eyes? Uh, personally? Yeah. I felt like the first two games were a little bit slow for me. And uh, they always have been in the past years uh, with uh, the first two opponents. Just because, you know, maybe those opponents don't want to, like, they try to take our D-line out of the game, get the ball out quick. Uh, not much big on the inside run game, you know. So I feel like those, those are hard for me. I graded out fine, but... Uh, you know, I'm not playing a lot, but this last game, I felt very happy. Um, I feel like I missed a sack or two. Um, I could have made a couple more plays here and there, but looking back after watching film, I'm pretty happy with. Have you approached this season in each game with kind of a dominating mindset? You're going to dominate in the front four? Yeah, for sure. And uh, going into this last game uh, and going on from here, uh, talking to the defensive line guys, I was like, you know, when we get a, a good opponent and we I feel like we played our ability better, you know, we're not playing to our opponent's ability, our opponent's, um, you know, difficult to level. But uh, I'm pretty happy about that as long as we can keep that going. Uh, we play to our own. Our own. You look like you were there for a potential cleanup <laughs> possibility on the what's been known as a helicopter play. Yeah. Describe what you saw. You know, I really didn't see anything. Um, I should have been out there for contain. Uh, got held up a little bit inside, but once we were running out there and I saw those guys coming, I just remember like when he was up in the air. I remember looking and I was like, "Where did he go?" <laughs> and I look up and he's like right there. So if you look, they look at the like the facial reactions of of what people are, are seeing, and my eyes are just like this, and everybody's like this. It's because I just didn't see him yet. I didn't see him up there yet, and last seen him as it came down. He's trying to reach out the ball. Yeah. He was short, but he was close. I mean, the fourth, fourth and 16, fourth and 13, something like that, scrambling that far. I mean, he was close. How does that kind of epitomize what the defense is about? And it, it's able to make the stops this year. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's ran by Elijah Sullivan. And he was the one in on the hit. You know, he's always going to be in the right place at the right time. And, and if I'm ever um, seeing a big hit, I'm always thinking Eli's around there or he's making it. Mm-hmm. So I think it comes from Eli Sullivan. And we bring this first segment to a close with my quick interview with senior tight end Blaze Gammons. How fun was that Saturday? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, just so much preparation and build up to a game like that and getting there and performing like we did and coming out with a win through a lot of adversity. I mean, that's just what you do it for. How challenging is it to play tight end in this system? You've got to learn a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, we... uh, we got to be able to do a lot of different stuff on and off the ball, know a lot of shifts, trades, and motion. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing with the new system was uh, getting all the terminology and the playbook down so we didn't have to really think. We could just go out and do it and uh, be ready to perform. How weird is it when you have to line up as a fullback? It's it's different for sure. <laughs> you know? You're a big guy, a tall guy to be a fullback. Not too many six seven fullbacks, <laughs> but... Uh, but no, I mean it's it's something that they need me to do sometimes and switch up. You know, we have we have a handful of guys that, that can play fullback, but sometimes when you have two tight ends and one in the backfield, they'll they'll give us some different looks for it. So we uh, we have to be ready to do all different different things on and off the ball. What's been the most difficult thing to adapt to with this offense? I would say it is just the movements and then you know, getting into position and once you're in your alignment, knowing your role from that that play and, and getting your assignment down with that. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the normal zone power principles carried over from our own our, our other offense, but you just had to put different names to it and, and use little different uh, intricacies here and there with it. It looks like to me this is a fun offense to be part of. Yeah, we're, we're, we're having fun, and we're really excited. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of confidence, and we're, uh, we're looking forward to keeping it rolling. You know, with the bye week, we're, uh, 
we're trying to just continue to get better and better, get ready for Oklahoma State. You know, it, it's going to be a, a great game, another great atmosphere, um, and we just got to be be ready to roll. So far, best case scenario, three and zero, end of the bye week. How excited are you to get into Big Twelve play now? Yeah, we're we're really excited. Like you said, uh, it just it gives a great feeling going in three and zero rather than two and one, anything like that. A lot of confidence, um, a lot of excitement going into it, and uh, you know a feeling we haven't had for a little while. I know this is my fifth season. We haven't been three and zero since back in 2015. Um, so we're we're really excited. We're looking forward to the to the rest of the season and Big 12 play getting started. That's it for the first half of this week's Sources podcast, sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. On the other side of this brief break, it's myself and Travis Tannehill talking about that win over Mississippi State and where this positions your Kansas State Wildcats. Stay locked in. The PowerCat podcast will be right back. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Sources podcast, sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and services provider serving feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark Energy is the natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Well, it's week two of bringing in um, a former player. This one's no stranger. This is Travis Tannehill, part of the the sample, one of our VIP shows at Go Power Cat. They get to sample alcohol. I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, last week we had Keith and Valentine. He was great. He's such a nice guy. He is. How's he? How's he doing? He's doing great. Doing all right. He's got this weird work schedule where he's like gone because he's railroad, and that's just yeah. a weird life. But he's gone for a week, and then he's home for a week. Yeah, it's not a bad life. I I might sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> My wife would love that. Yeah. Could you be gone for a week and then gone for a week? No, honey. I'll I'll actually be home. <laughs> well, I tell you what, buddy. Uh, if you would have told me K State would would win at Mississippi State. I would have said, eh, don't believe you. And then if you told me, plus they're going to make a whole bunch of mistakes and give Mississippi State 24 points, I'm like, you've been sampling too much. That was remarkable. The most remarkable thing wasn't they won. It's just how they won. They just persisted through all of their own calamity and found a way to win. I'd agree. I mean, we both talked before the game and pretty much all the you know K-State fans who were you know, a little bit in the know kind of agreed that if they are to pull off this game, they're going to have to play a near-perfect game. Skyler's going to have to play perfect. Defense is going to have to play really well. We're probably going to have to get a couple of balls to bounce our way. Right. And like you said, that's not, that's not at all what happened. We, we did not play that great in certain areas of the game, key areas of the game. We, we had a few, uh, a few mishaps. And, but thankfully, I mean, I still think the biggest – I mean, Mississippi State did not play great at the quarterback position. And I think that's probably the – um, I think if they get good quarterback play, they probably they probably win that game. So I think that's probably the biggest uh, thing that happened that I was not expecting to happen was that that poor play from the Mississippi State quarterback position. Well, you're right. Um, you know, Tommy Stevens had the injured shoulder. They can say that was the shoulder that was the problem. I think K State rattled him. I think they got to him, and he was worried about that shoulder. But once he got hit a few times, he's like, "Oh, I've been hit very much. This is not what I had in." And then he was overthrowing everything at that point. Then they went to the freshman who got off to a good start, and Garrett Schrader, uh, who apparently can fly. Um, <laughs> uh, once he settled in, K-State figured him out, and they knew he was run first, and he didn't pass the ball that well. I, I would like to give partial credit to the K-State defense, but you're right. I think if they get co- good quarterback play, they probably win the game because when Schrader came in, he was good, and they went down the field and scored. Right, and you know, with Stevens there, I think he, I think he did get rattled a little bit. I think yep. too, it's so nice to see 
this K-State defense, the cornerback, especially the cornerback position, I mean, they're challenging him with the line of scrimmage, and they're challenging him and those wide receivers, and it's just such a different style of defense than we've seen. And, you know, we saw it the first two games from Coach Hazleton that that's what the defense strategy was going to be. But that's easy to do when you're probably more athletic than the guy across the ball. Right. Where Mississippi State team, as athletic or maybe slightly more athletic, at the wide receiver to cornerback position. So it was really nice to see, you know, they, they manned up and, and they manned up, you know, mentally and physically. And, uh, you know, that, the analogy there, of they, they manned them up in coverage and they, you know, they manned up and played great defense. So It's a more aggressive pre-snap posture, which – uh, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be more aggressive post-snap, but I think it puts the defenders in a better frame of mind. I mean, in the past few years, a number of years, the way K-State played defense, it was just so passive. And that's not how you can play defense. That's just not the nature of the job. Even though they were pretty good, they did bend but don't break as well as anyone I've ever seen. They did. I mean, because they bent a lot and gave up a, a manageable amount of points. Right. But now K-State is going to take a few more chances, but it's really about the calculation of those chances. And I thought Scotty Hazleton did a marvelous job of knowing when to go after him and when not. And, you know, even though Kylan Hill ended up with more than 100 yards, it didn't feel that way. Exactly. He yeah. didn't break he a big frustrated. run. He seemed frustrated. He didn't break, break a big one. He didn't wasn't in the end zone. So I was really impressed with the K-State defense, even more so than the offense, because they were put in some lousy situations and – for the most part, did a good job. No, I'd agree. And and even, you know, if you're a, a quarterback going against K-State defense and you know they're playing soft, you know you're going to have some huge windows to throw that ball into, which gives you confidence as a quarterback. Oh, yeah. And so you're just seeing these wide open windows. And, yeah, it might be for seven yards, but, you know, catch the ball, turn around, fall forward for 10, and there's first down. Where if you're playing man-to-man, even if you get beat by two yards, that window's smaller than a z- soft zone window. Right. And so that forces that quarterback to place it in there, which then leads to – Errant throws, drop passes. At the end of the day, they, I mean, it's just called, this isn't the pros. The guys aren't that crisp. They don't catch every single pass. They don't throw perfect balls every single time. So, you know, that quarterback, even if the receiver's open, that quarterback still has to throw a good ball. The wide receiver still has to catch it. And even if they do, you know, we can still come up and make a tackle, and All we're right. still in the same spot as, we're, as we were playing soft defense. So I agree. I like, the, I like the mentality Coach Hazleton's got those guys playing with. The offensive mentality is so aggressive, not in play calling, but – and physicality. They've got that offensive line, which was has always been good. I mean, you had to have a good offensive line to do what Coach Snyder wanted to do, and yet Connor Riley's taking it to a new level. They're mean, and they're getting downfield, and they're leaning on people, and they're making contact. If you look at the stats, K-State didn't run the ball well. But if you watch the game, K-State ran the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. They did what they wanted to do. They forced Mississippi State to continue to worry about the run, worry about the run, worry about the run. And then on the last touchdown of the game, play action, someone bit, and Dalton Schoen's wide open. That was a passing touchdown, but in the bigger sense, it was because of all that running. It's it's fun football to watch if you love the art, the science of football. It is, and the, the biggest thing I've noticed – with the run game is it seemed like in years past they needed you know they, they would call a play they'd check out of it they, they wanted to be in the perfect run play they wanted to have the numbers advantage they wanted to change plays and make sure they, they had that advantage which is great and it seems like a little more this year it's we might not have the numbers advantage but we're just we're just going to move you like that's okay mm-hmm. and I remember ha- kind of having that mentality as a player was you know, I get up to the line and like, and eh, numbers aren't great. They're probably they should probably check out of this. Where I feel like now it's numbers aren't great. We don't care. We're, yeah. we're going to move them off the ball, and it's going to be, you know, we're going to be able to move you farther than you move us. And we don't necessarily need the angles. And that's a great mentality to have against a very stout, big SEC defensive line. So no, I agree with you that, you know, and, and we both knew Coach Dickey pretty well, and he did an uh, unbelievable, amazing. amazing job. And and I, that was the probably the one position coach that I was. The we sad, all were. The saddest to see Lee, yeah. just from a personal standpoint, and the most worried from a from a football standpoint. I was like, ooh, Coach Dickey was a really, really good coach. Who's this Coach Riley guy? And he's come in and 
far exceeded my expectations because I expected that to be a little bit of a drop just because of how high the ceiling was, and I don't think we got to drop it all with Coach Riley. Yeah, Coach Dick, he's one of the nicest people. He's the best. And great <laughs> football coaches you'll ever meet. I'm glad he's doing well at Oklahoma yep. State. Well, Con- not, not, not for next game. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can suck in that game, yep, but other exactly. than that, be good. Um, Connor Riley, though, it was essential to what Chris Kleiman wanted to do. That as much as he's a defensive guy, he knew having Courtney Messingham running this offense and Connor Riley building that offensive line and the image they want had to have it. I mean, that's it's like I can handle the defense right. even if my coordinator sucks. You guys have to. I need to bring in good. Yeah. Offensive minds. <laughs> and and it works really well. This offensive line is is getting upfield, blocking more. They they really are trying to reach upfield, but they come at you when they pull, they're coming at you at weird angles and uh I heard the I don't know who the color analyst was on the game, but he really said something really smart about what they do. They run to where the defender's supposed to be. Right. Because that the running back's coming through there and you saw Tyler Mitchell pick up a linebacker five, ten yards down the field. Because the linebacker went right to where Tyler Mitchell was going, and it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, and that's the you know that's a telltale sign of an experienced offensive line. I mean, right. when you first get there, it's who the heck am I supposed to block and what's the snap count, and that's all you really that's all you're really worried about when you're when you're a young sophomore or a freshman out there. But once you have enough snaps, you're you know you're you know obviously you can figure out the snap count. That's easy. That's second nature. You know who you're supposed to block, and then you also know who the guy next to you is supposed to block, who the fullback's supposed to block, and then so that kind of helps you with your angles. And that really once you once you can learn okay, not just my position, not just the five offensive lineman position, but even like who's the wide receiver going to get? Is he going to come off and get the safety? So if this ball breaks out, is it going to break out right or break out left? Once you have a veteran offensive line, th- those things go through their mind, and so that really you know makes a huge difference once they can get to that level, which I think they are. Um, yeah, this this team won this game at Mississippi State because they were better along the lines. Period. I mean, they outscored them. I mean, that's important, yeah. but. They committed more turnovers. They had less yardage. They just go down the list of things that should indicate winning. And at the end of the day, it was controlling the line of scrimmage. They were so much more physical than a Mississippi State team that one year ago came in here and completely clowned Kansas yeah. State. No, exactly. I know we're talking about the O-line now, and they did do a great job. But going back to what we said a few minutes ago, I mean, I really think the O-line played great, but our defensive line, I think, oh. played far and above what I expected them to play, particularly without Wyatt Hubert. Yeah, well, probably without arguably our best our best defensive lineman out there. So. Yep, yep. Jordan Mitty was incredible. Trey Deshaun was impactful. He made some big plays. Finally got to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It was that guy can move for someone his size. Dude. It's kind of funny to watch. Who are you talking about? Trey Deshaun. Okay, Deshaun. I was like, Kyle Ball, he's not. I thought we were talking about no. switching over to Ball. Yeah, which Kyle Ball is just another Ryan Mueller out there. It's, oh, it's, it's incredible. Both number 44. It's I'm like, like man, he's I'm been like, cloned. It's like, who? Wait, I played with that. No, you're, you're still. No, different guy. Same jersey number. Same, same, same style of player. Same build. Same motor. Yep. It's fun, it's fun, fun to, to see. It really <laughs> is fun to watch. Well, Kansas State's 3-0 and as they head into an off week. How important is this off week? I mean. It's, or do you want to line up and go play? I can see both ways. I mean, they're on such a high right now, and it might be nice to take a little breather. You know, get mm-hmm. these guys. And we've heard Coach Kleiman say it a couple times now. It's like we better not, we better not fall in love with ourselves. I and love so, that line. Yeah, and I think, I mean, they'll go back and watch that film. And I mean, if they would have lost that game, that would have been a <sighs> they're going to throw up during film session kind of kind of film session because those there are plenty of mistakes to clean up and plenty of errors and they played hard and and they did some nice things but there are plenty of errors on both sides of the ball that they need to clean up so to have a nice little you know two weeks here to prepare for a game i think you know going into big 12 play i think that's going to be super valuable for them um just because there's quite a few errors to pick up emotionally you know the first game of the year was probably a little more emotional than it probably normally is along with the second game and then uh, you know a big on the road sec battle um so i think emotionally they, they might need they might need a little bit of a Re recoup the batteries. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Me too. I do. We were uh, joking. <laughs> Got to go back to work Monday to rest up. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I know. I it. Uh, my I talked to my mother tonight on Sunday night, and um, she goes, "You and Brian Hanley sounded giddy on that podcast after the game." I go, "It's fun. This is a lot of fun because oh, yeah. not only because they're winning, but." This is a fun brand of football. It is. All around fun, all, but except for special teams <laughs> when they're dropping balls. Malik Knowles, 
my goodness, this kid's a redshirt freshman, and he did something in this game that the great K-State players have done, the David Allens and Tyler Lockett's and Andre Coleman's. Oh, we're going to lose this game. Nope, I got it. Yep. Here's a return. Touchdown. Now they're going to win. Yeah, no, he's been – He's kind of been he's turning he's turning into the go-to guy for Skyler on offense, and then obviously he's got the speed and the athleticism to be a you know a huge asset on special teams. So did did you remember? Did he get his four games in last year? I, I would assume so. Yeah, he played four. Four. Did he do much in those? I don't. He was okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember him being off the he charts okay. in those four games. So him. yeah, you know. So I, I assumed he got his four games in last year and kept his red shirt. So it's it's really nice. To, and we saw we heard Coach Kleiman. And that staff talk about him during preseason and during training camp. Like, this Malik Knowles kid, he's going to be special. And we were yeah. like, yeah, okay. You know, on paper he looks special, but can he play? Because he didn't really do much. And uh, and he's turning out to be a special player. He really is. And they wanted to play him at Iowa State, and he and the other guys said, no, we're not No, we're not burning our year over Shoot, yeah. a fifth game. No. Uh, I love the way Coach Kleiman's handled this team. And it strikes me that he might be doing things a little bit differently. I'm not sure than what he normally would because the, I think the impression he got from the players was they they were really beaten down. That when thing Coach Snyder had a way about him, it never really changed, but it just didn't work with this group. And so now he's like when they make mistakes, he's not climbing up all over them. He's you know saying, okay, let's play through this. We we make mistakes. It happens in a game. Now what are we going to do? Are we going to buckle? Or are we going to fight back? This team's really taking on a great attitude about these things. Yeah, you're seeing the, you know, just the post game press conferences from coaches and players. You know, everything's just so positive, and I can't remember exactly the line, but you know, we saw the the post game locker room speech, and it was, you know, and, you know, Coach Kleiman was saying some guys made some some mistakes tonight, and we need those guys. It wasn't we the, we had guys made mistakes, and you know. Don't feel so far sorry for yourself, and you know, and get down on them. It was no, we need you to elevate your game because we're going to need you later on down the right. season. And that, if you're a player, I mean, no one feels worse. Oh yeah, than those guys who made those mistakes and dropped the punts and you know struggled on special teams. No one feels worse than those guys, and so and they know they messed up and they've caught a thousand punts before. And and let's give those guys a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Those were very very difficult punts to catch. I mean, those were not routine, and we we've dropped some routine ones early in the year, but those ones that games were unique difficult situations man my fault uh, my idea was i don't fault them for dropping the punt i fault them for attempting to catch right. those and, awkward so, and so that's where i mean the the black and white coaching tip is you go up and catch the punt right because you don't want to lose field position but there's got to be a grain of common sense behind that Whereas, like, well, catch it if you can get there, but if you can't, run the other way. And so that's where, you know, the player's trying to do what he's taught because the rule is you go catch the punt. You fair catch it, and we don't lose field position. But, and that comes with age, and that comes with maturity, and that comes with, you know, just catching more punts in live situations. So that'll be something easy to clean up because I I think those guys have the physical tools to catch punts. It's just they need to make the better decision of – when it gets tipped, when it's shanked, just right. get out of the way and take your ball. And you know whether we get the ball at the fifty or the forty, doesn't really matter. That's great field position. Get the ball. Yeah, get the ball. I, make sure you don't have give the it ball. to him three times. <laughs> it was incredible. All twenty-four points off of mistakes. Oh, I was, ew, I was a mess. <laughs> it, was, it was like what? Coach Kleiman looked like he was about to throw up on the sidelines. I know. He goes, "We've got them in a position to beat Mississippi State in their home field, and we're handing them yeah. points on their field." Yeah. Oh, I've, I. I'm just glad they won because I might have thrown up if we did. I know. I, those opportunities don't come. No, they don't. I mean, and especially as you go into Big 12, I mean, it is hard to win a football game. And it's really hard to win on the road. And it's really hard to win on the road against a, against a really good team. So when you have that opportunity, you have to take advantage of it. And thankfully, like we said, Malik Knowles and Skyler and co. did played well enough to, to put some points on the board. But, yeah, you, you can't. I tell you, when we go up against a – a better quarterback. When we go up against, no, I mean, you can't give that to you. They'll kill you. No. They'll beat you by forty. And so you, you, we did not play good enough football to compete at a high level in this conference. And I think no. everyone knows that. And that's what this next two weeks will go towards. Which is amazing because that was an SEC team. It's not like they were making mistakes against. Excuse me, Pac-12 fans. A Pac-12 team. <laughs> I mean, that's a generally yeah. good team. I, ACC team. Yeah. ACC's <laughs> awful. Um, with one exception, the ACC stinks. Yes. But, um, A little Boston College get you jab there. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, that conference. 
week off, go to Oklahoma State. What's weird about this, Travis, is they they go to Oklahoma State, and then they've got five out of eight at home. I mean, with another off week, it's crazy. And one of the road games is KU. So, I mean, they go to Texas twice, but the rest of the time they're in the state of Kansas. Oh, yeah. No. This table's set for something really good. I looked I looked at the schedule preseason, and like you said, our bye weeks lined up well, our home games lined up well, and even some games that people looked, saw as losses, I was like, well, we beat them last year, like Oklahoma State. Right. They were like, well, we, we can't beat Oklahoma State this year. I was like, well, we beat them last year, and I think we're going to be better than we, are, than we were last year. And so, I mean, I was on – I was on the record as an eight and four preseason. That was my preseason prediction, which I was being a little optimistic. That was gutsy. And I got a lot of grief for it. And I was like, guys, I look at the schedule. I mean, I had losses to Mississippi State, OU, Texas, and Iowa State. And we knocked off Mississippi State, so I just gained another one. <laughs> and and I mean, other than that, I think everyone is beatable, which is Well, Iowa State sure is. Yeah. And so, I mean, I mean, obviously, Texas and OU are going to be our two biggest games down the stretch, our two mm-hmm. toughest games down the stretch. And whether we're at that level yet, I, I, I don't know. And, and I would be, I mean, just being frank, I'll be shocked if we can find a way to win those games. And we're going to be pretty outmatched. But, that you know, you still got to play the game. And they still right. got to come out and play. So, um, I think both those teams are definitely better teams than us as of today. And that's why you practice. And that's why you get better. And that's why you recruit better guys in. So, but, no, I see – yeah, I got made fun of for eight and four. Now, you know, there were guys predicting four I'm, wins, and I'm, I'm still like, going to make fun of you wins. for it. I, I know they're going to be, <laughs> they'll probably win eight now, but I'm going to make fun of you still. Yeah, for making. Well, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a classic optimistic. I always predict. <laughs> I always predict a few games more than they probably should. And I was just being cautious with this team because I didn't really know what to expect. Installing new systems with players that he didn't recruit, and how would this work? My God, it's worked great. Yeah, they've they've caught on quicker than yeah. I expected, and they've been able to run. I mean, I don't know if this is their full offense, but it's pretty darn close, and they're doing just as much as they were at North Dakota State, and they're. I mean, the they, they is, got the full package in. Yeah, the answer is <laughs> and no. They got, and they the guys picked got, it up. They've got other stuff they they're, they've installed. They just haven't run yet. Right. So it's going to be awfully fun. I'm going to be intrigued as this season progresses if we see the slow build that we saw under Bill Snyder, because I suspect it'll happen, that they'll get a little bit better, a little bit better. Because for all of their differences that are easy to see, these two coaches are a lot alike. Oh, yeah. And that's what I'm getting. I'm starting to get frustrated from the fan base on just the whole Snyder climbing comparison. I'm like, quit comparing them. They're different human beings. It's a different era. It's a different time in this program's history. And they are 90% alike. <laughs> and that's not a knock to Snyder or a knock to Kleiman. That's just they're both blue-collar, hardworking, let's roll our sleeves up and get better kind of guys, which is what you want. And that what, that's what works with this program. And, you know, this whole fan base is like, well, it's still not as good as Snyder because Snyder had less. It's like, well, who cares? Like, do you want us to tank the program and then hire someone and try to get better? It's like, no, Kleiman's doing the best he can with the cards he was dealt, and that's all Bill ever did as well. So fan base, quit. Quit comparing the two. Snyder was yeah. the, he was the best man for the job this first time around. He was the best man for the job in 2009 as well. Yep. And I think Kleiman was the best man for the job in 2019. So. I agree. I, you know, it was not an easy job when Ron Prince took over because that one, was not the right man for the job. <laughs> one, uh, you had to you really were in his shadow. I mean, he was coming off the great years were still really tangible to the fan base, and. Uh, the facilities weren't there yet. Yeah, and you're right. They did a lousy job picking the coach. <laughs> yeah. you, you go to this one now, the greatness is more distant, although they won a title in conference title in 2012. Nobody looks back at that run and thinks, compares it to 98. No, I'd agree with that. And uh, then over the last six years or whatever it was, they just were kind of hovered around 500. They kind of slowly unwound. So Kleiman's kind of removed farther from that than the first coach was, who I won't name. And um, the facilities are incredible. Oh, yeah, we have. We can complain all we want about John Curry, but the facilities he are He can get people class. to open up their checkbook. <laughs> and, you know, I've said this often. He was the first AD to come around and say, no, we're not going to cut corners. 
No, you know, build a deck without restrooms. To build Bramlett's Coliseum bare bones. Yeah. K-State just seemed to get by. He was the first one to say, no, we're going to do it right. We're going to do it, you know. And even when Bill Snyder said, I don't want it, he goes, you're going to have it. Yeah, because that's what we need to continue this program's success long after you're done coaching right. Snyder. And, and that's that, what's needed to be done for the program at that time. Now we see it, and now they're going to add the yeah. south end zone. Yeah, which I'm super pumped for that. I and just, I'm super pumped that you're going to donate a million dollars. It's going to be the <laughs> Tannehill south end zone project. Yeah, we're about $9.9 million short. $990,000 short. Yeah. So. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. I forgive you. Sorry, Gene. The, the, the check won't clear. I can write the check. That, yeah. Writing the check's no problem. Right. I'll even sign it. <laughs> Cashing it. Yeah. Did you notice I was uh, – and I'll be curious to talk to your guys once once the, we talked to them this week, you know, the guys that went actually down to down to Starksville. But I always like to look at other stadiums, A, when I'm either traveling across the country or, B, you know, just on TV. And I've been some, to some pretty nice stadiums. And, I mean, there's none. I mean, we are – K-State is on par or nicer than pretty much every stadium I've been to. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and there's – yeah, I think, and not size, just because of who we are. I mean, no. we're, we're two hours from a major metro area, and we're not, you know, we don't have the luxury of having millions of people 30 minutes away like some of these towns do. And, I mean, you look at Mississippi State, and I was like, man, that looks okay, but it doesn't look nicer than ours. I, I think the, the only other comparable stadium out there, like Oklahoma and Texas, they're big stadiums. Texas has nice stuff, but it doesn't, it's not a great atmosphere. I think the only other stadium I compare it to is TCU because yeah, exactly. it is new. Right. I mean, they really did. And if I'm KU, which I'd feel bad for saying that, I look at that stadium and say, this is what we need to do. We mm-hmm. need to save the structure of Memorial, but do this 50,000 seats of this. Yeah. But. And that's a good number. I mean, we're, I mean, they have to work hard. I mean, it's, it's enough people to have a good atmosphere and the fans get rowdy and they can make a difference in the game. Any mm-hmm. less than that. Like, that's my problem with TCU is, yeah, it's beautiful. And there's, you know, there's nice stone everywhere and, you right. know, the finishes are really nice, but I don't know what it holds, but it's not a great, it's not very loud. <laughs> and there's no, there's no home field advantage in that stadium just because of the, it, right. I mean, I would bet it's closer to 40 than 50 and from a, from a seating standpoint. So, but you no, know, I mean, there's nothing better than the bill on Saturdays. It's amazing. And everyone who comes in and experiences is like, wow. Yeah. Because it's not impressive, yeah. empty. And the tailgating atmosphere, which people forget about. I mean, that is so rare to have those those parking spots right there. And the tailgate atmosphere is amazing. And, and even if they take out 400 parking spaces for the new practice structures, it's still better than what anyone else oh, has. yeah, exactly. And, yeah, I love – that was always my biggest – when I was a player, I was like, man, what if we could just, like, one of these early non-conference games, like, we just, like, rotated. Like, once in your career, you just got to go tailgate and you didn't have to play. <laughs> I was like, because you just wanted to go tailgate with your friends so bad. And now that, you know, now that I'm out, like, that's like, you know, we see the, you make sure people, they're not having too much fun out there. They need to come in and cheer for the cats. But, right. but no, it's, uh, there is nothing. I mean, there's good food and, I mean, there's friends. I mean, I was at a tailgate, uh, let's see, not the Nichols game, and, Went over to saw a friend, and you know they'd been there since they were freshmen in, in college. They met with these; they just were walking, and they offered them a offered them a beer. And now here we are, twelve years later, and that's the tailgate they go to every single. And they they would not have met other than some guy who had a parking spot was being friendly and giving out free beer and free food to people. And that's now that's their tailgating spot. And so there's a lot of memories and a lot of uh, a lot of good camaraderie going on. That's the K State way. Yep. And I want to go on the record: I'm all for free food. All for free food. I would agree with that. So That's Travis Tannehill, the man, the legend, the star of the sample. The other people are just window dressing. <laughs> uh, this is funny because we're taping this before you tape that, but that will appear on the website before this. I'm confused. That, that makes so, sense? Yeah. I'll just see you tomorrow night for another, for another podcast. <laughs> That's been your Sources Podcast for this week. We're heading into uh, an off week for K-State, so no pregame and certainly no postgame podcast this week so you better just replay this one over and over and over and remember if you're not a subscriber to gopowercat.com get that 30 percent discount quit messing around get it done and we will talk to you on wednesday with our questions podcast you've been listening to the powercat sources podcast presented by blue mark energy 
PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.